know, the Jew and the and the Muslim would agree with us that God doesn't mm. accept the worship of all True. religions. True. Uh, this is something that that people have tried to do throughout history to try to say that that uh, all these religions worship the same God, but but uh, at least Orthodox Jews, uh, those who actually believe the Bible, and and Orthodox Muslims would 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 agree with us that no, it's not true that all the religions are yeah. the same. They 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 contradict each other in the most important ways, the the biggest ways, and and it just simply isn't true. What what we have to do is not try to try to make them all uh, worshiping the same God, but we have to figure out which one has the true God. Welcome to Calvary Conversations. I'm your host today out of the four, Mike Dodds, and we're going to talk about the subject, uh, the state of theology, the results of a survey that was taken by Lifeway and Ligonier Ministries recently, back in 2022. And, and we're going to process that a little bit here. But the, the view, the expectation, what you got to do, because we're just going to scratch the surface of these findings, is uh, you continue a conversation with other people. And what does it mean? We're not just going to look at the survey in a sense and say, uh, you know, wow, look at these bad results or look at these good results. But what does it say about uh, our faith and uh, how do we communicate it in the culture? What does it say about the culture? What does it say about preaching and teaching? But let me make sure I've introduced our uh, uh, cohorts in, in crime here. Sean LePage, Chairman of the Ministry Studies Department. Tim Hange, Chairman of the English Department. And Josh Paxton, who's hosting the COGI, our Conference on Global Engagement. As you hear this, it's already happened. But uh, he's our uh, head of the Missions Department here at, at Calvary. Let's jump into it. The survey uh, was taken back in 22. The, the beginning of the year, and it took them the process of the year. And I've got some links at the bottom for you all, uh, our listeners, to go and look at the results and look at the questions that they all gave, the statements. The uh, gamut of, of responses that people had to all these statements were strongly agree, somewhat agree, uh, somewhat disagree, strongly disagree, and not sure, I think, was the last category there. So there's a gamut of response. It's a statement, and they, they it seems like a very fair survey. It was 3,000 adults in America that uh, it not only focused on people in America, but also people that claim to be evangelical. So you want to look at the survey from the uh, uh, bottom of the results as to how they clarify that. But we're going to you know, assume that's Bible-believing Christians because that's part of their definition of evangelical but Tim, I, I think about with us, get start us off there. Statement number four in that survey says God learns and adapts to different circumstances. The response, God learning and adapting. Uh, yeah. 51% of U.S. adults agreed with that. Half of the people of the survey and almost half of the evangelicals agreed that God adapts. What does that say to you? What does that mean? Um, so this is, this is kind of a, a tough one to start with. I, I'm, I'm going to answer that in a moment, but I almost feel like I need to do a little bit of pre-work here and just talking about the ethos of this. Um, I, we were talking a little bit uh, before you hit record and I, I would, I think now is a great time to say this, that, uh, if, if you are listening to this and you agree with that statement that God adapts and changes and you hear what I'm about to say, 
I'm asking that you that you listen to it with an open mind and that you listen to it without a sense of um, I'm judging you personally for for having that view. Um, but what I'm going to suggest is that we are we underestimate the power of culture. Uh, to mold and shape our thinking, and so when we when we see things that are in the scriptures that seem out of step with our modern times, right? We see the God of the Old Testament. We see uh, a, a God who enabled uh, war, and um, there are there are a lot of things that that you know people criticize the the God of the Old Testament for, whether that's judgment or anger. Uh, or uh, um, you know, bring down a wrath on on say the Israelites when things weren't uh, when they disobeyed. Uh, it's easy to look at that, and then easy to look at the Christ of the New Testament and say, well, clearly God, this is like a different God. He's sort of grown and learned and changed, and he's more gentle now. And and um, I think it's incredibly important to understand that uh, if you think about this for a minute logically. We're talking about the Christian God as the infinite, eternal being. He's infinite in terms of he owns all knowledge. Uh, and though we don't fully understand this, he's probably outside of time because time itself doesn't constrain him. Uh, and we're suggesting that sort of we have something to teach him um, and that, that he's learned in the last 3,000 years. Uh, I understand why this is there, because there is a lot of cultural tension. People tend to look at scripture and say it's out of step with modern culture and how we understand things today. Um, but I would suggest to you that it's not. I would suggest to you that the Bible has always run counter to culture. There have always been cognitive dissonance between people accepting what their cultures, the, the, the cultural message of their day and what God says, and I would encourage you to where when you encounter those difficulties to do what Tim Keller uh, really addresses this very well. Ask yourself for a moment, could it possibly be that God has a better idea of these things than <laughs> we do? Right. Uh, you know, is, is is God learning things about gender identity? I, I highly doubt it. Um, is, you know, God learning things about about you know anger and grace and mercy, I I I highly doubt it. Uh, all that is good flows from the source, and so that that would be my answer. And the scriptures seem to support that. You know, Malachi three talks about how the Lord does not change. James one, I think seventeen talks about how uh, that in the He's the Father of lights in Him there is no variation. So um, that would be my answer to to that mm -hmm. question. Any other thoughts, guys, on this? Or? Yeah, either. What does this say about our culture? That's that's good, Tim. I think you know, as I as I look I have looked over this survey as well. You know, I just um, I, I I think about you know uh, ministry and and what what are we doing or not doing uh, as as a, an American church that that um, could you know, lead to these kinds of uh, misunderstandings, you know. So um, it's one thing to say, you know, oh, all these people, they're they're all wrong about these things. But it's it's another thing to say, well, you know, uh, those of us who are, you know, um, in the business, so to speak, uh, what what is it that we that we can learn from this? And and uh, and I think that probably 
um, you know, the majority of our listeners are in some way involved in ministry. And I think that that's where where we need to go with this is asking ourselves how how uh, what can we learn from this? And um, and, you know, um, you know, the definition of insanity is to, uh, you know, uh, uh, keep doing what you're doing and expect uh, different results. And I think I think, you know, to some extent, we we really have to be asking the question, maybe we need to go back to the drawing board, you know, if we're if we're seeing these kinds of results. And and I think that 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 is happening on on uh, several different levels. I I read a um, a book a few years ago that was basically a, um, a, a poll, a very extensive poll of kids who've grown up in our youth ministries. And uh, it was it was uh, the title of the book that came out after all these interviews were processed and everything was called Almost Christian. Hmm. And the idea was that these these kids who've grown up in our youth groups are almost Christian. They're, they they almost have a biblical worldview. and and yet, on so many levels, they they really uh, don't. They don't have uh, uh, an understanding of 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 God and his word. And you know the 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 leaders who were involved with that study basically came away saying, we need to we need to go back to the drawing board when it comes to youth ministry. And a lot of people didn't like that, uh, but uh, that was their conclusion, you know. And uh, and and further, they they talked about how uh, really um, they're they're the product of a church, not just youth ministries, but the product of a church that has largely um, you know uh, you know worked really hard at at uh, being relevant, worked really hard mm-hmm. at 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 being uh, at getting a lot of people into our buildings and and those kinds of things, but we really haven't worked hard. At, uh, at discipleship and making sure that our people are well well established in the faith. Mm-hmm. So so I, I just th- I, I I like what you said there, Tim, and I think uh, I think obviously this specific question that you were dealing with was, you know, the idea that God learns and 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 um, you know that's just um, that's just an, uh, a a fundamental misunderstanding of who God is and and uh, it shows the influence of of some some bad ideas, of course. Um, but it, it just it just shows that uh, you know uh, we, we need to we need to reexamine how we're doing ministry. Yeah, think about the implications a... of this. Like, if we're saying that God learns, who's He learning from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. us, yeah. our experiences yeah. here, as yeah. if yeah. we have something to teach Him, or His I mistakes. Mean, that... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. His own mistakes. Uh, where else? Where it's... where else could He possibly learn? Yeah. I could put a footnote on this uh, for those that want to do a little bit, our listeners that want to do a little bit more reading and thinking about what's going on in the Christian culture. This has been a discussion that's been out here for a number of years. It comes to the label of open theism or process theology. So if you want to do a little bit more thinking on that one. There was another statement that was made in just this area of general theology that I wanted to just throw out. Uh, whether we discuss it a lot, it's maybe a, a sort of a logical thought. Statement number 15. This is how people responded to the statement, everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God. Now, I can see that, and there's you know always been a tension. We, we've got some labels with it, but 71% of the U.S. adults, everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God. 
65% of evangelical Christians. Now, in, how can we say that in light of our understanding of original sin? Anybody want to join on that one? Tim, I had thought... Mike, Mike, could I, back could I encourage you just for the sake of our listeners, because I don't want to make assumptions. Can yeah. you define, well, just briefly define original sin and that concept? And Yeah. Statements of Orthodox Christianity through the years have said we are all born sinners. Um, yeah, there's a gamut of understanding uh, what that involves, but we're we're not innocent. We are guilty from birth before God, and therefore something needs to be done about that guilt. And there's where the necessity of the death of Christ for all people. Does that help, Tim? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Response somebody. Tim, would you want to still stay in this area with us? Uh, okay. <laughs> I understand. There, there are some voices within some branches of Christianity. I'll, I'll put it that way. Right. Um, although I almost hate to include these uh, as part of Christianity. But there are some voices that say, um, yeah, you know, the the talk of God being um, that talk about things <clears throat> like substitutionary atonement as cosmic child abuse, as God yeah. dying on the cross, Christ dying on the cross for our sins, God punishing his son for the sins of someone else. Now, this gets to the issue of being born sinners. Uh, just follow me here for a moment. Um, the very things sometimes that we say that that seem detestable to us to believe like that a child is born sinful. I think it's the very thing we need to believe if we're going to be healthy. Uh, the same gentleman I'm thinking of um, calls Christianity, uh, calls traditional Orthodox Christianity and the doctrine of original sin a psychologically harmful gospel. I think it's actually quite psychologically harmful to tell people they're born good into this world and that we are basically good and that we just need to remember our goodness and then look around the world and see how messed up things are and look inside of us and see how messed up things are. Where's the answer? Where's the good news? Original sin provides an explanation for why things are messed up. The fact that we are not born innocent provides an explanation for why things are messed up. And it allows us, God didn't leave us without an answer. He gives us the gospel. But how can you embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ? How can you embrace the very thing that cleanses of us as our, of our guilt if we believe that we have innocence in ourselves? It, it doesn't. I, I think it ends up being more harmful to you than just accepting the hard truth to begin with. That, that the scriptures say, and this is not outside the realm of scripture, that sin entered the world through one man. And, and as a result of that, all have sinned. And so, yeah, that would be my take on it. Any any other thoughts, mm -hmm. Jens? Or... Yeah, yeah. And my, I would like to add, um, you know, that uh, this is one reason why we, we, we need to help people understand the entire story of God's unfolding plan, because, um, you know, I think, of course, we've we've all heard the the backlash against, um, you know, the, the the constant preaching of, you know, the sinfulness of man. Um, uh, but, but actually that that's in the context of the larger story that we are created in God's image and we have tremendous value in his eyes, 
but that doesn't change the fact that something happened in the past called the fall that that has uh, spread sin spread like a virus throughout mankind and and we're all born infected with it you know so we need to understand the whole story to say that we're all sinful doesn't mean that we're all worthless and and uh, you know have no value the the opposite is true and 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 that was proven by the cross that Jesus proved that God loved us and that he and we have tremendous value in his eyes um, by coming and 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 serving us and dying for our sins so that we might be reconciled with God. And so I think I think part of the problem with this one is um, is that backlash against, you know, the the constant uh, mantra that that mankind is sinful without understanding the whole story. Right. Yeah. And, and to be honest, this has been a debate throughout church history. Um, this has been a significant topic about original sin is what I'm specifically thinking of. But yet in the culture and what, Sean, you were just touching on in the culture where we do talk about abuse and there is abuse and and the way we uh, talk to one another. Uh, you can almost see people saying, now, wait a minute, does God really see me as that bad? Um let me shift a little bit here. There, just for the sake of time here, uh, there was another area, Sean. I'm going to direct these towards you. Statement number 27. Now we're moving into cultural, social issues. Gender identity is a matter of choice. Back, this is just U.S. adults' findings. In 2016, 38% agreed with the statement gender identity is a matter of choice. It's up to 42% now. Um, Add another one in, uh, Bible's condemnation of homosexual behavior, 42% in 2016, 46%. So we're becoming more accepting of uh, issues within the culture uh, that the Bible has some clear statements about. Sean, your reflections, you know, as you're hearing yeah. these. Yeah, we we've, we actually talked about this a, a few months ago. and. Uh-huh. And uh, just just really looking at, at at the shifts that have happened in our culture and, and and you know what's behind some of those, and and really this is related to what I was just saying about the image of God within us, you know um, uh, the, the the biblical understanding of our identity is that we are created in God's image and Genesis is very clear that He made us male and female, and um, you know, it's interesting that, that the the question is, or the statement is, gender identity is a matter of choice, and um, it looks like uh, about one in three, uh, only about one in three people agree with that. Um, so I'm 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 a little is unclear. That for Chris, is that is that stat on evangelical Christians or no? This one was adult findings as a whole. Adult findings okay. as a whole at this point. Okay. I actually find that very surprising then. Hmm. Um, because? Because this is not the, the, the message that you hear uh, through popular media tells you that 99.999% believe this. And if you don't, you're a dinosaur. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a little unclear to me, actually, because, because uh, are, are they saying that, that, um, uh, like for a while, we heard that um, gender identity and and 
homosexual or, or same-sex attraction was that that people were born that way, mm-hmm. and then and then the 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 uh, the description or the or the idea changed uh, because uh, evidence shows that that uh, people who identify that way or or identify different than their biological sex that they will be fluid their their identity will be fluid and it will change uh significantly over time and and uh some people who claim to be homosexual will later be bisexual and and you know go through periods of heterosexuality and and so um as i understand it the the uh the overriding belief is now that that gender identity and 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 attraction is is fluid. Um, so I, I'm I'm just not entirely clear about what they they actually discovered here. Um, but well, you know, me, I, I, yeah, go ahead, Mike. Let me read from Ligonier here. Uh, the surveys from 2016 to 2020 on that statement 27 showed this view holding steady. But the 22 survey reveals that, that what they're trying to point up is the gaining traction in these areas. Now, we're, we're, we're talking about a survey where they're evaluating people's theological conclusions, not necessarily their cultural perspective. So you got to put it in that context of what does the Bible say and how are we changing? Uh, Tim, you had a good question. I'd want to dig further into the survey to see the evangelical perspective. Um, you know, on these trends. So we are shifting in our biblical understanding, if I could use that term. I see. Okay. Is what they, and, I, I, what I'm seeing them saying. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah. And, and my point is just simply that, you know, um, the, the beauty of the biblical worldview is that we are, uh, you know, our, our identity is God given. It's, it's not something that we choose. It's not something that, that can change. Um, certainly, we acknowledge that that people go through um, um, uh, dysphoria and and there's confusion and and there's you know uh, growth and learning there. But but that's why you know we we uh, we don't naturally think rightly. That that's you know the biblical worldview. Going back to the previous question about about sinfulness, you know, because we are uh, born in sin, and you can you can probably make lots of different connections between all these different beliefs. Uh, because we're born in sin, we we don't naturally think rightly, and and um, for for us to say that we we choose our gender or or that uh, our 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 gender doesn't match our biological sex and those kinds of things is really that's 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 uh, ignoring the fact that the scriptures teach that. We have a God-given identity. God made us male and female, and that, and that's that's a wonderful thing, and uh, it's it's a it's something that that uh, you know is really affirmed throughout the scriptures. So, yeah. so I, I think that that's what I you know what, what I would try to help people understand is that you know we do have a God-given identity, and that it's that it's important. It's it, it's it's rooted in the reality that we are created in His image. Yeah, Sean, you're you're mentioning. What we should clarify, as I understand this survey, is what does the culture believe the Bible teaches, and what does the evangelical community think the Bible teaches? That's what we're talking about. Right. If we could right. shift for time just to finish this up and let people whet their appetite for looking at the survey themselves. Josh, uh, wait into that area. Statement number three, going back near the beginning. God accepts the worship of all religions. 
including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. So, I mean, as I've been listening to you guys, and even as I have been been reviewing some of these some of these statements, it it occurs to me, and Sean mentioned this earlier, that really what we're talking about in, in this survey is a is a fundamental lack of a biblical worldview. You know, there's the the people who were who were polled and and were asked these questions. Clearly, a large percentage of them, um, for whatever reason, they're not getting it in church, or you know, whatever the reason may be, they don't understand what God's word says. Because, and and that's plain when you come to a question like this, because this is for somebody who's read God's word and has a biblical worldview, this is very obviously false. Uh, I mean, Exodus 20, verse 3, the very first of the Ten Commandments, God says, you shall have no other gods before me. Uh, and and so that's that's it. He's he is he is the only one. So even in even in asking this question, God accepts the worship of all religions. Well, probably the counter question to that is which God are you talking about? Because, you know, which how are you how are you defining who he is? Because if if you are defining God biblically, then that's not accurate. If if you're defining God, you know, as you have created him based on another religion or even as you're molding him in, in your own image and you how you want him to be, then then maybe that is that is true. But but God, as he is portrayed in scripture, clearly does not allow for for other for you to worship other gods um, over and over. The scriptures talk about his jealousy. Um, Isaiah, oh, where is it? Isaiah 40, 48, 49, my glory I will not give to another. Um, and he repeats that, he repeats that phrase numerous times. Um, similarly, uh, Jesus in John 14, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And, and that's it. I mean, the Bible portrays God as exclusive. It's the, he does not allow you to pick and choose. He does not allow you to go off and worship someone else. And that's that makes sense because, I mean, for I, I think John Piper pointed this out most clearly in Let the Nations Be Glad, is that for God to give glory to anything other to himself makes him to cease to be God. He's he's no longer God. So so if God were to allow you to worship some other form as defined by a different religion, then then he's no longer actually God. You you have to come to him as he is, as he has revealed himself to be through the means Christ that he has provided to to come back into fellowship with him. And there there is no other way. So again, it's it comes back around to the results of this survey really pointing to a a lack of a biblical worldview. Even if, you know, if if evangelicals are answering this way, which we have to, you know, we have to understand that evangelicals is a humongous term. It 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 it, it encompasses a lot of different denominations and faith traditions and, you know, within what what we might. You know, the underneath the umbrella, so to speak, of Christianity um, and not all of them are biblically accurate. And so. Mm -hmm. 
So where is your, you know, where are you getting your truth? Where are you getting your worldview from? Are you, are you getting it from scripture, taking it at face value for this is what it says? And if you're doing that, then a, a statement like God accepts the worship of all religions is clearly false. Um, Judaism does not, does not agree that God is a trinity. And so if, if God is a trinity and you don't agree with that, then you're not worshiping as he is. Uh, Islam has a very different definition of of who God is. And so if you're if you're worshiping him according to that, then you're not actually worshiping him. Yeah. You have to you have to come to him as he has revealed himself to be. I, I can, can I jump in there? Uh, oh yeah. Josh, you're you're exactly right. Uh, and and uh, you know the Jew and the and the Muslim would agree with us that God doesn't True. accept the worship of all True. religions. True. Uh, this is something that that people have tried to do throughout history to try to say that that uh, all these religions worship the same God, but but uh, at least Orthodox Jews, uh, those who actually believe the Bible, and and Orthodox Muslims would 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 agree with us that no, it's not true that all the religions are yeah. the same. They 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 contradict each other in the most important ways, the the biggest ways, and and it just simply isn't true. What what we have to do is not try to try to make them all uh, worshiping the same God, but we have to figure out which one has the true God. That's that's what we have to right. figure out. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I I forgot to give the numbers, Josh, before you talked on that question or statement. God accepts the worship of all religions. Back in 2016, now this is evangelical, people that claim to be evangelical Christians on the survey, 48% agreed. Now in 2022, 56%. So it's increasing that Christians, evangelical, are saying that. Another statement, we don't have time, but let me just throw it out. Statement seven, and it, there are several statements about Jesus. Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. Just two years ago, 30% of evangelicals agreed with that, that no, uh, well, they're, they're agreeing, meaning the other 70%, assuming somewhere on the continuum of not agreeing with that. Uh, 2022, 43% of evangelical Christians agree with this statement. Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. In, in the last closing minutes, uh, each of you have responded, you know, it, there are people in our culture that believe these things about what the Bible teaches. There are people in our churches that we minister to that are shifting in their understanding. How do we respond? Well, my first do? response to that last one is that somebody needs to read their C.S. Lewis. Um, <laughs> but, um, so, I mean, it, C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity addresses that very that that very issue um, in which you you simply can't make that statement because Jesus claimed to be God. And if he claimed to be God and he's not, then he's very clearly not a good teacher. Um, and so but he is he he is. And the Bible clearly portrays him as as God in the flesh. Um, and and again, you know, we come back to is is your worldview biblical in the sense that you're coming to the text of the Bible, you're treating it as objective truth, and you are forming your understanding of reality around that. Or are you just mixing it in with a lot of other philosophies and ideologies and what the culture has to say today? And and then you 
I mean, that allows you to come up with it, whatever you want. Jim, you John. Know, I, I have to think about, I'll let Sean have the last word here. I, I, have to, I have to really wonder what's at the core motivation of abandoning Orthodox Christian beliefs that have been held for the last 2,000 years, questioning the idea of Christ being God. When that's that is a core belief of, of has been a core belief of Christianity from the very beginning. Um I have to believe, I know I'm going back to the, the cultural element, but I have to believe that a lot of these things where Christians are bending their opinion have to do with seeming less. controversial to our culture, toning down our exclusivity. But what I wish Christians would understand is that if you tone down your exclusivity, you sort of end up with a, a, a belief system that's not worth anything. Nobody should be forced to tone down their exclusivity. Jews believe a certain thing about Christ and 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 the Old Testament, they should be allowed to believe that. I shouldn't look down on somebody else for how they believe, um, you know, in terms of these things. If 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 Jews have the courage to believe what they believe and Muslims have the courage to believe what they believe, Christians should have the courage to believe what they believe too. And I would just, yeah, I don't know, especially having just celebrated the birth of Christ, God with us, as the scriptures say, Emmanuel, to somehow, to somehow reject the idea that this Christ is not, God in the manger, as, as Dietrich Bonhoeffer called him, I I just I I'm, I'm a bit at a loss for words here. <laughs> Sean, help me out, bring it home, man. Yeah, I I feel your frustration. I I I think um, you know it's a good word. It's a good it's a good thing to say. You know, look, let's 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 just be faithful to what has actually been revealed by God to us in the scriptures. And and not and it's it's just a dangerous practice to 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 water it down, to try to make it more palatable. I mean, obviously you don't want to be offensive just for the sake of being offensive, but mm-hmm. but you know I think when you were when you were talking about this, I and as we've been talking about this subject, I I thought of Galatians, one six, you know where and following where Paul says, I'm amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, uh, which is not real which is really not another only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you he is to be accursed as we have said before so i say again now if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received he is to be accursed it's we're not messing around here it's not like you know, a popularity contest or or a matter of opinion. It's a matter of what has God actually said. And, um, you know, um, so I think to some extent, I find great comfort in the fact that that the Apostle Paul uh, dealt with the same kinds of uh, confusion that that yeah. we deal with today. It's not new, ultimately. Yeah. Um, but I would just, you know, uh, in, encourage people to to just to just really um, dig into this. I, 
I, I, I think there's there are lots of good stories about people who have who have uh, at one time, uh, you know, tried to tried to embrace a, a Christianity that was softer and gentler. And then and then they 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 decided to to really look more closely and they realized, uh, you know, that was a, a wrong perspective. And oh. and so, you know, we're, we're talking here about um, uh, things that God has shown us. And so, you know, to some extent, we can we can debate some issues. We, we need to recognize that, that some issues are gray and we can we can disagree. Um, but but, you know, start with the heart of uh, the scriptures, and that is the gospel. And that's what was happening in Galatia. You know, if if you're if you're not sure, you know, uh, about some of these things, and and you're not sure what you believe, then start with the gospel and 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 seek clarity about the heart of our faith, the gospel, and then go from there. Because the reality is that the gospel has multiple implications, right? So if you believe the gospel, uh, that 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 uh, that promise of of salvation and the hope of eternal life is based on the reality that Jesus is God and that he really did take the wrath of God for us. And so when you start, if, if you, if you just start by, by honing in on the gospel itself and then looking at all the implications, I think you're going to be just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me just highlight one more statement. Then we got to conclude Appreciate everybody. Statement number 16, the Bible, like all sacred writings, contains helpful accounts of ancient myths, myths, but is not literally true. Back in 2016, 17% agreed, meaning, what was that, 83% disagreed, maybe, or on the continuum. 2022, it's gone up to 26%. Now, I, I, I encourage our listeners and the rest of us to get into s- surveys like this uh, here at Calvary University, we, we definitely discuss these issues. We go to God's Word. We have a high view of Scripture and hold to Orthodox Christianity. But we live in a world that's changing, shifting, discounting that. And it's incumbent upon us as ministers, whether, Josh, you're talking to people from around the world this week. So we're missionaries, we think of the Word, or in in overseas or here in our own country. We have to communicate this truth from God's word to other people. So we, we dived in and dove in, dove in, <laughs> we dove into a conversation today about these issues. And I encourage people to uh, go look at the links at the bottom and uh, do your own research and then communicate God's truth to those around us. Well, thanks for joining us to Calvary Conversations. Thanks, guys. See you next week for Calvary Conversations. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Calvary Conversations, a service of Calvary University in Kansas City, Missouri. We invite you to participate in the conversation by contacting us through the Calvary University website, calvary.edu, or by calling us at 816-322-0110. Join us again next week for another Calvary Conversation.